day and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. All right, that was cool. Why don't you turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 19 this morning? Verse 41 through to 44. You know, today we're going to remember a couple of things. We're going to remember uh, the humble prayer of a king 800 years before Christ and a prophetic word to Israel about 500 years before Christ. Why? Because both of those things hold the foundation of this great day that we find ourselves in today. You know, in Psalm 118, 25 and 26, King David, he, he prays a prayer. He, pray, he requests of God and he says, Save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have a humble king. You know, the king is generally the man who's supposed to save his people. He's praying to God saying, Save us now. Lord, we need you to bring prosperity. All my wealth, all my substance, everything I have in this natural is not enough. We need you. And who you send in the name of the Lord, man, bless. And then Zechariah the prophet, he speaks to Israel. He speaks in Zechariah 9.9 and he says this amazing thing. He says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. You see, we call this day today, we call it Palm Sunday. One week before Resurrection Sunday. Why do we call it Palm Sunday? It's because we commemorate Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem where the people laid down their coats and they laid down branches or palms in, uh, for him to walk on as a sign of honour to the, to the coming Prince of Peace. Jesus entered Jerusalem riding on a young donkey to the praise of townspeople who threw their clothes, they threw their, their, their branches, their palms on the, in front of him as a sign of homage and they called out those great words of King David, Hosanna, To the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And Luke, he also says, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. You see, it starts with the humble prayer of a king. And then that same prayer, which is a request, becomes a line of praise. They're seeking someone to come in the name of the Lord. And then then they thank him that he has come in the name of the Lord. Jesus comes in in a donkey. He's not riding a horse. He's riding a donkey. You know, a horse is the symbol of war. Whereas a donkey is a symbol of humility. He comes in. He says, I'm coming as the prince of peace, not the king of war. He comes as the prince of peace. All this one week before his great resurrection. I've got a short video to to unpack um, Palm Sunday for you. Why don't we just have have a look at that?
All right. There's a story. Isn't it interesting, you know, uh, a few hundred years, I don't know how long ago, I mean, we've been a nation since, um, officially since 19, around 1901, but uh, at some point, our le- the leaders of this nation decided to give us uh, two public holidays, one to remember um, the, the death of Christ and one to remember the resurrection of Christ. And we call this weekend Easter. And uh, it, it's interesting that... that um, originally the citizens needed time to worship God to commemorate these two great events. And then gradually things have shifted over time where Easter has become this great extra long weekend where we get to go and do something very cool. And at some point we transitioned from a weekend, one weekend a year set aside to worship the King of all Kings for, for, for entering as the Prince of Peace to set us free. And it almost now that same reason that it began tends to get into the way of what we want to do on our Easter weekend now. What a, what a challenge that's before us. You know, this, this week before Easter, you know, these, these people... You know, were, who, who they laid down their coats, they, they took branches off, off trees and they laid them before Christ and, and uh, they, they were recognising him and then only a week later he was in the way of what they were doing. Have you noticed that we, we tend to do that in our lives? We tend to get, you know, sometimes we, we go, man, I need the... We recognise, we get this revelation of, of who God is but then sometimes God gets in the way of what we want to do. And I want to challenge you that this week, this week that we have, you know, from Palm Sunday all the way through to to Resurrection Sunday, that we take a moment and we consider the King of Kings. We consider the Prince of Peace. We consider the Lord of Lords. We consider the Redeemer, the Saviour, the Son. We consider the greatness of His sacrifice. We consider the the glory that, that is upon Him now that He's resurrected. We tend to drift, don't we? Why don't we take a look at, at Luke 19 from verse 41? Because as the, as the two gentlemen, they shared us the story of Jesus entering into Jerusalem. And when he entered in, those amazing things happened. You know, and you know, some people challenged, the, challenged Jesus that his discipleship, disciples should, should calm down. But he said to them, no, no, if they don't call out, even the rocks will cry out. But then something amazing happens in verse 41. Because I, I, you wonder, here's Jesus. He's walking in. He's, or he's riding in on his, on, his, um, on his donkey, low and humble, but he's, but he's being honoured at the same time. Go, what is going through Jesus' mind as he rides in triumphantly into Jerusalem? What's going through his mind? Let's read from 41. But as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. Here's Jesus walking on his riding in on his on his donkey and he begins to weep. How I wish today that you of all people would understand the way to peace. But now it's too late and the peace is hidden from your eyes. Before long your enemies will build ramparts against your walls and encircle you and close in on you from every side. They will crush you into the ground and your children with you and your enemies will not leave a single stone in place because you did not recognize it when God visited you. Wow. You know, these, these, Jesus kind of, he knew, you know, he knew something bigger was happening. And these people, they recognized him 
in that moment. But he knew that something was going to come that was going to rob them of, their, of that revelation, rob them of that freedom. And, he, he, you know, and, and, it would, and it broke his heart. And the people shouted, Hosanna, they were hailing Christ as king. Interestingly, the word, went, the word you know, of old meant save us now. It said save now, Hosanna meant. But, the, but in the, the new, when they declared it, the, the saviour was before them. You notice that sometimes our prayer becomes our praise. The thing that we're praying for becomes the, our praise testimony. You know, the save now became the saviour is before us now. I challenge you this morning to remember what you pray for. When you pray, remember what you pray for because then you get to give God the glory when you see him, when you see him come through, when you see him, him uh, in a place of glory. The battle is that Jesus had a very different way of bringing salvation and freedom to the people. You see, the people wanted him to bring the rule. He, they, he want, they wanted him to come in as an earthly king and dominate the Romans and, and set the, liberate the people right then and there. But he was liberating something greater. He was liberating them from death. He was liberating them from the law. He was liberating them into eternal life. And they didn't recognize it. And Jesus wept. He wept because they saw him coming and he wept because they didn't realize the kingdom that he was bringing. He wasn't bringing a kingdom on earth. He was bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. In this great moment, fulfilling prophecy, people were recognizing Jesus, laying things before him, and he is weeping for them. In the midst of the praise of the moment, he knew in his heart that it wouldn't be long before these same people who were laying down palm fronds in front of him would be calling out, crucify him. Only five days later. You know, I search... I search within myself and about my own worship. You know, and, I, and I realize that he sees me in my worship. He sees the selfishness in my worship. You know, sometimes we, when, when we worship, well, you know, I want it to all be about him, but there's a part of me that wants him to be all about me. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think of Jesus weeping for Jerusalem and I go, Lord... I know that you're probably weeping for me at the same time. You're weeping for us because we, we, we want you to be our king. But you want us, we want you to be our king on our terms. You know, he sees my selfish worship that I want a king to set me free, to finance my freedom, and to give me eternal accommodation in heaven's Hilton. That's what, you know, when I'm worshipping, myself wants that. But he's saying, hey, worship me in spirit and in truth. Jesus was weeping for all of us, I believe. His heart broke with the reality of how much they needed a saviour. Isn't it amazing? In Luke, in, in, he, he says in that, in that Luke 19, he says, if you, and then he says, even you, talking about even the people of God who are meant to know who I am, who, who have got my revelation, who, 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 who know me, even you, if you had only known on this day what would bring you peace. You see, Christ, is, he says, I have come to give you peace. I've come to give you eternal life. But sometimes we go, yeah, that's great, Lord. I thank you that eternal life's coming one day, but 
um, I want something more right now. I want my peace to be anchored in this moment. And this is the battle we face living life every day, don't we? Because we, moments rob us of peace. Relationships can, can uh, give us peace or, t- or rob us of peace. So we, he's saying, that's the peace that I give you is an eternal peace. The peace I give you is that you are in relationship with me. And my love never fails. You notice how people's love fails? I know my love fails regularly. And, I, and, it, and it pains me that if people's hope is in me in any way, that they're going to lose hope from time to time along the way. Whereas if our hope is attached to him... It never goes away. He is ever-present. He is all-knowing. He is, he is all-powerful. Even you, God's people. The Bible says even the elect will be deceived. I like to say even the elect will be distracted. You know, we, we like to think that we've got it together and we come to church every week and we do these, you know, we, we, we sing a few songs and we do these things and we go home and we, we, we have great families and we do the, and we get we miss out we miss where our hope is anchored. When our hope is anchored in anything that is here, it is at the mercy of whatever those things are. And Jesus, when he rode in on his donkey and he, and he wept for Jerusalem, when he wept for the people, you know, he was saying, your hope is still here, it's not in me. You see me as a liberator of your earthly hope, not as a liberator of your heavenly hope. He weeps for the pain we experience before we even experience it. So even we, his people, we're actually blind to the scope of his salvation. We become blind to the, to the breadth of it, to the depth of it. We, we, we become blind to what he's here to actually do because we get so caught in the moments of life that we miss the major hope in life. Palm Sunday reminds us that the reign of Christ is far greater than anything that we could conceive or plan. I, you know, I love strategizing and planning and coming up with great ideas of we do this, this, and this, all these amazing things are going to happen. We, none of us could conceive or plan what the reign of Christ is going to do for all eternity and for all people. You see, Jesus, he could, have, he could have come in and done some great things. He could have come into to humanity and, and did everything he did and not died and still be seen as, a, as an amazing legend of the faith, couldn't he? If, he did, if Jesus did everything that he did but didn't die and raise again, he would have been a legend of the faith, wouldn't he? But after he died, nothing would have happened. You see, when he, when he came into Jerusalem, he was weeping because they wanted him just to be a legend in the natural. And he's saying, I need, to, I need to come in and I need to lay that down. I need to sacrifice the natural so that when I'm glorified in the spiritual, not only this generation will be free, but every generation from this point on can walk in the freedom that I have. Now about, I don't know about you, but I, I want the generations to be free after me. You know, you know the, the, my, my and your children can inherit our stuff. They can inherit our, our um, traditions. But we need, we need them to inherit relationship with the King of all kings. Because that is the only thing that will give them true liberty every day of their life. 
I don't know about you, but I get distracted regularly from my own freedom. I get distracted regularly from my own hope. And I need to keep worshipping, keep coming back, keep refocusing myself, keep contemplating the things of Christ because I know that it is when I am focused on Him, I'm not dominated by the hopelessness or the amazingness of a situation that I'm walking in. You see, some of us aren't dominated by hopelessness. We're dominated by our own amazingness. Why don't you tell the person next to you, I'm amazing. (laughs) Humanity was looking for someone to fight their battles in the present day. Yet God sent his son to defeat death and give us eternal life. We get, we, we get caught in the present day of life. And why do we do that? Because it's right there. It's right in front of us constantly. This is the greatness of why we celebrate this week. This is why even at some point our nation recognised that not only do we need to recognise it, we need to actually give people some time to recognise it. Sunday is not enough. We need to recognize Friday. And, be, you know, we actually, and because Sunday is such a, such a day of recognizing, we need to give them Monday off after it as well so that they can take a block of time and remember the source of their freedom. Remember the source of their hope. Remember, you know, we, 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 we celebrate communion every week in this place. We celebrate the, the fact that Jesus died and, and, and so that we could be free every week. And then one week a year, we take the time to, to celebrate it across the board of all that we do. Each week we take five minutes. But this week, from, from, from Palm Sunday through to Resurrection Sunday, we think we take our whole focus and we focus it on him and we say, Lord, this is your world. This is your life. Anything that is good in me is because of you laying your life down from me. Any gift that I have is because I'm created in your image. Any amazing thing that I'm doing is because you have restored me to freedom. And even though, sometimes even though we think that we're doing it you know, in our own strength, he's saying you couldn't do anything that I didn't give you. I challenge you today to not allow Easter to be simply an extra long weekend with good chocolate and hot cross buns. I could eat 75 hot cross buns in a row. I don't know about you, but man, they are ridiculous. And they seem to bring them out on Boxing Day. You notice that? Man. But there's the cross on them. There's no carbs in them because there's a cross on the top of them. This time is the central time of our hope. And in reality, it should be the central, central uh, uh, focus of our whole lives. But, you know, he, we, we take this time, it's like they had the, 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 the Jews had the Passover, you know, our, you know the centre of our hope is, is Easter. And for the last thousand plus years, this week between Palm Sunday and Resurrection Sunday is called Holy Week. Because it's a time that we, we set aside for ourselves. We set aside not just the moments. We set aside our whole time to, to give glory to the King of all kings. And I want to challenge you 
over this coming week, over this coming Easter weekend, to give glory to him in everything that you do. Spend time with your family, but acknowledge the goodness of God. Spend time having fun or working in the yard or going on holiday, whatever you're doing, but take, take moments throughout the day to recognize that the king of all kings, he rode into Jerusalem humbly on a donkey and, he's, and, and, and he, he, he became the perfect gift, the perfect sacrifice, the perfect hope, the perfect liberty to each and every one of us. And we walk in that freedom because of this week that we're about to celebrate. Let's direct our attention and our thoughts towards what matters most in our lives. Have you noticed that if you live in a house, the house has got a foundation? You know, our house has got a concrete foundation. Some others have stumps and bearers and whatever they're called. And the, um, but we've all got a foundation. And 90% of foundations in homes are invisible. But we're thankful that they're there, but we don't think about them. I don't think about the foundation of my house, but I'm confident that uh, my house is fine because it's got a foundation. And I think the cross is one of those things in our lives, is that it it, it is such a foundation of freedom. It's such such a foundation that no matter how far we drift, that foundation is always there. No matter how far I go away from home, I can travel, I can always come back because I know that it's, it's concrete, it's safe, it's secure, and the house that I build on top of it, is, is, is going to keep me safe. We see the house, we see the furnishings, we see the fit, but we, we, we don't always look at the foundation. And I want to challenge you this week, acknowledge the foundation well. Take time this week, set aside time every day to acknowledge the Prince of Peace in your life the reason that you have peace, the reason that you have hope. Sometimes we attach those things elsewhere, but he reminds us this week, he's saying, this is where true peace lives. This is where true hope reigns. This is where, this is where redemption begins. Let's choose to focus on worshipping our Lord, thanking him for the gift of his sacrifice, celebrating the power of the resurrection and the new life found in him alone. I love 2 Corinthians 9.15. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. His indescribable gift. You know, I, I um, you know, I every time I, I read the story of Christ and and that passion period, I'm I'm reminded of how far I am from him. You know, I think about the, you know, we're we're reading as as uh, James said, we're reading. The Sermon on the Mount this year, that's the challenge. Continue to read Jesus' Sermon on the Mount too and just allow his words to get in you. And right at the beginning, we have the, the Beatitudes. And, and one of the great Beatitudes is, blessed are those who mourn. And uh, it seems to be a bit strange, blessed are those who mourn, isn't it? And uh, I, I want to encourage you that we are blessed when we mourn because we're, you don't mourn unless you've known someone amazing in your life. You don't mourn unless you've got something to mourn for, someone to mourn for. If you've lost someone amazing and you mourn, you're blessed. Not because you're mourning, you're blessed because you've known something amazing. And I want to encourage you this morning that as, you know, as I consider my life in the presence of Christ's sacrifice, I mourn how far I am from him. 
but I'm blessed in that morning because my hope is in him. My grace is in him. My faith is in him. One of the, why doesn't the, the band jump up? One of, the, one of the things I love is that Jesus came in to Jerusalem riding on a donkey. And I love in, I think it's Revelation 19, it says, And behold, the heavens were open. Let me turn to it. Behold, the heavens were open, and a white horse came from heaven. Let me read it to you. It's worth the wait. Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. You see, Jesus... When he came the first time into Jerusalem, he came as the Prince of Peace. When he comes again, he's coming as the King of Kings. He's coming as the Liberator. He's coming to make the final stand. And he's saying, will you be waiting for me? I don't know about you, but I am, I am so looking forward to the day when Jesus comes on that white horse to, to, to liberate us completely in that final stand. And it's going to be a great day. He's no longer going to be riding on a donkey to show that it's not about this world. He's coming from a white horse from heaven, bringing all of the might of heaven in one head. I don't know about you, but I want to worship that king. Why don't you stand with me this morning? You know, as we sing this last song, let's choose to take a moment out of our need and surrender ourselves to his greatness, to his sacrifice, to his gift, to his, his goodness, to his hope. Consider those things that he has done before you. You know, as we, we, we go out this afternoon at 12.30 down to the river and, and baptise these people, it's all about next weekend. You know, baptism, as we go out, as, we, as, we, as we're immersed in the water, we're reminded of the, of the cross where Jesus died and we die with Christ. And then as we rise, we, we're resurrected with Christ in his glory because our hope is no longer in our flesh that we've just said is no longer the source of life. Our life is attached to his eternal substance. So this morning as we sing, let's glorify that mighty king of all kings who is worthy of all our praise. And let's take this week, this holy week, and set aside moments in our week to acknowledge his greatness, to acknowledge his substance, and to acknowledge that our true freedom, our true hope, and our true peace comes from him and him alone. Father, I just lift up your mighty name this morning. I ask that your goodness and your mercy and your grace be upon our lips as we glory you this week. We thank you, Father. We thank you for our liberty. We thank you for our hope. And we declare our love for you in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.